Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Pokeballs podcast. It's been an exciting week, a very exciting week, and Lee is now back from Japan, very sleep deprived, still sleep deprived because, you know, this is brutal. It is a brutal schedule, um, all doing all the casting, um, and you only got back yesterday and I've heard you've had... You've had many delays, so you know I can imagine you must be absolutely knackered right now, especially with the jet lag. Oh, I am so tired tonight, mate. Yeah, it was um, so all in all, from leaving the hotel yesterday morning in Japan to getting back through my front door last night in the UK, it was 24 hours in total of travelling, man. It was it was brutal, and I'm I am definitely feeling it. I wasn't too bad like earlier today when I got up I was a little tired like more than usual but I am flagging now before we came on the pod as well we had a look to see, see what time it was in Japan, Japan. it's like 4am there so I am uh, I'm feeling very very tired but uh, it was an amazing trip it was an amazing weekend the world championships was great um, just flew over mate flew over but um yeah, feeling very, very sleepy. I think I need just a few days to kind of get back to myself and then it'll be fine. But yeah. Should be fine. Feeling very tired. Feeling yeah. very tired. Yeah, it was um I mean, obviously you were out at Worlds commentating. I watched most of it. I didn't watch all of it in real time. I watched the I stayed up to watch the opening ceremony. Um Yeah. I was a bit annoyed that they didn't really tease anything, but I understand that they yeah. wouldn't. It's a cool little little drum solo to open up open up the ceremony, um, and then I was sort of tempted to try and watch some of the games, but I was so tired. It was like <laughs> two o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to bed. Um, yeah, you did well to stay up to watch the opening ceremony. To yeah, be yeah, fair. yeah. I was quite stubborn. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to watch this, and then yeah. So that happened, um, and then yeah, on Saturday or on Friday, I, I spent the day watching the stream. Really enjoyed it because I wasn't nice. I wasn't expecting, so this is, we're talking about the video game in particular, because um, that's what we like. Um, I wasn't expecting a lot of the team compositions. Like, I mm. was really expecting, like, the first game was like, the team was kind of like standard, very boring. And then, like, as the games went on during the day, they, at least the ones on stream, seemed to be really interesting. Like, yeah. in terms of like, po- like, a more of a variety of Pokemon, I was fully mm. expecting it to be sort of like, I know there was a lot, but still loads of Fluttermane. Ashfu, I know, was in every team. You know, Iron Hands, um, Shien Pao, you know, Amoongus. But there was a there was still like a surprising amount of variation. We saw we saw a lot of Heatran. We saw some Rillaboom. We saw some guy the guy that had the that made day two with the Articuno Snow Team and a Bomb Snow. That was awesome. Oh yeah, the cheese. Yeah, the cheese man. <laughs> he snuck the through. The cheese man. Snow cloak Damn. and bright mm. powder. Um, Absolutely brutal. And then yeah. obviously, as day Patrick. two, that some of the teams in day two obviously were a lot more consistent, so very similar. Because mm. I'd imagine, you know, certain ones, the ones that are doing well, you know, are the ones that are gonna like the consistent teams are the ones that are gonna be doing well. So they're all similar. And then you know, so by the time we got to like the last, the top thirty-two, I mean, all the teams were very similar. Um, I wasn't expecting Iron Hands to be as popular that, as popular as it is. But, yeah, um, it was like everywhere, mate. Iron Hands was like just, it's like the one thing I think of, like instantly, you know, like Urshifu was like pretty predominant, but Iron Hands was on like pretty much all of the like really good performing high end teams, you know. It was such a good call for that tournament, I think, uh, for the the options that it kind of give players with 
you know, that fake out support, give you good offensive pressure against like a lot of the kind of set up mons in the format or the big powerhouses, you know, like Tornadus was on a lot of teams. So you've got a good way to kind of hit that for good damage. Assault Vest gives you good security against the, the Bleak Wind Storm. And then you've got like good offense against Shen Pao, which is another thing that you kind of want to remove as quick as possible. So yeah just one of those pokemon that could just soak up hits pretty easily and dish out a good amount of damage as well at the same time yeah but i think you're right though i think the variety of teams throughout the tournament like overall was really really good you know um i think a lot of that was obviously down to the fact that world was the first tournament with regulation d so no yeah, one really had a chance to know helped. what was good um mm. and i think it was probably more more innovative than than normal because of that because like worlds is like a playground for like innovation right for players where they'll keep things or they'll have it's the end of the season really... right so people try and shake stuff up change yeah anti some very anti-meta kind of stuff comes in mm. um, i mean that don dozo team as well oh yeah don dozo I... on its own man it was crazy yeah i think kenji's team probably one of my favorites from the tournament uh, it was just a shame that he couldn't kind of get past uh shohei but I mean, show here throughout the tournament was was incredible. So really well deserved. But yeah, it was just a a shame that um, uh, Michael Michael, it's how you pronounce it in Germany or German, um, he couldn't go on all the way. What a fairy tale story they're going. First you know, season, like first season and getting to finals of worlds, which it's is crazy. just absolutely amazing. Yeah, with me, me and Lou. Um, because we did the the first uh we did the last top eight game and then it moved into top four where aaron and rose were doing that that top four game that was streamed between shohei and i can't remember is that another i can't remember the other player that shohei was going up against uh but we went up to watch uh frederico who had been on the top eight stream that we'd just done and then against um michael and and top four which was on the side stream which mm -hmm. wasn't actually being streamed for the the broadcast so we went up and watched that game and like i was such a, a dominating win like it was like you know he just ran through federico who in his top eight game absolutely dominated his opponent i did see so a lot like, of wow a lot of games it seemed were two o's like you don't see yeah. that a lot but i don't know whether it's this format or because there wasn't a, like i said a lot of time to, there wasn't really a meta that had formed before world so you know but i feel like the format in general meant there's there, you can have a lot of variety in this format it seems and mm. like loads of good different teams it's not just like oh like standard like big six or you know ring your son or you know it's just like oh heatran is really good urshifu is really both urshifus are really good really booms are really good you know all these different pokemon are suddenly like yeah. decent you know um zapdos is really good you know there's there's loads amoongus just being the powerhouse that it always is i think is. it's like Landorus, yeah thunderous it, tornadoes yeah, it comes down to a lot to like the the players as well i think player skill comes into it a lot more in this format like how you can like how familiar you are with your team and all of the options that you've got because i think it really showed through in that final because on paper you look at the teams shohei versus michael and you would always say Michael definitely has a team advantage there. But Shohei found that one kind of answer knowing that he'd one trained these Amoongus. 
So it was way bulkier than I think Michael expected it to be. And that explains the play turn one way doubled into it. But the Amoongus tanked both hits like so well with that water terrestrialization. So I think that's what really threw Michael off in that first game with how well the Amoongus kind of soaked up those double that double hit. So I think like the comfort level with your team, like he knew like he'd be able to soak that up and Amoongus was his way to kind of like just, just be win. able to kind of shut down anything that Michael he got lucky because I think it would have went in game two if he hadn't had the uh, actually it was game one where we had the icicle crash flinch mm -hmm. onto the Rillaboom now I think if he didn't get that I think it would have I think he would have won game one then who knows how it would have turned out but it you know it's just not how it worked out but I think like there was a little bit of luck in it but you need a little bit of luck to win the world championships no matter your skill level no well, matter know, how good your team is he could have luck against him you don't know like exactly yeah RNG we don't know we haven't seen Oscar mm. Crash is one of those moves where you know yes it was very fortunate that he got the flinch but it's a high risk high reward move right because it doesn't have 100% oh, accuracy exactly. so, yeah. so you know you, you, you play it knowing that if it does hit it also has the chance of flinching but then it has like what is it 80% accuracy yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why Chen Pao is so good as well in the format because it's always going to give you that option. You know, you're like you're not struggling to ever outspeed anything, so you've always got that flinch chance as well. It's a bit like Scoff Lander or Scoff Garchomp back in the day. You know why they were so effective? You Span know, that rock so, slide. yeah, and that's why they got it because they could fish for it. They were always going to be majority of the time the faster Pokemon that was on the field. You know, so. Yeah, for the same sort of reason, Shempal always has that option, you know, and like Rock Slide, Icicle Crash can miss as well. But no, mate, the, the, the team selections from the players was, was amazing through the weekend. I thought we were quite spoiled with the matches that we were uh, able to kind of showcase. And obviously there's a bunch that we couldn't, but like the majority of the field really showed their... Um, innovation yeah 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 thanks for finding a word for me my brain's a bit slow tonight um but yeah it was it was amazing mate it was a great tournament i think real good showcase of of how strong the player base is within within the, the scene and uh it sets us up nicely to go into next season now i think with um you know this tournament on the way and i think you're probably going to see a lot of teams like shohei and like obviously like you do a lot of the winners teams and a lot of adaptations to getting around shohei's team um off the back of that but it, it feels like there's a, a meta really starting to kind of come through so come september when the new season events start it should be pretty interesting to see where things take a turn yeah i know it's really exciting but what about yeah. like how was your experience as a caster i mean i know you did worlds last year in, in london but what was it like out in japan was it was it much different was it the same was it better uh, oh it was definitely different to london um it would be it's always going to be hard to top london because it's like london right you know um but it's the home of pokemon you know it's like a one-off once in a lifetime opportunity it was just incredible japan as a place is man i need like i already want to go back Told like, you. it's so, such a cool place so different from like like you, i don't think if you haven't been you don't realize how different it is to everywhere else that you could possibly go in the world like but it's very cool the people are incredible they're so polite and so friendly and so helpful uh so that was really nice um i like i loved japan it was great mate I had a, re a, ma a blast out there just experiencing like the different culture different way of life that they have over there and just 
everything's so different. Like, loved it. The event itself was, I thought, really good from a production standpoint of view. There was some hiccups along the way, of course, like technical issues. There was obviously all of the issues with the, the hack checks. But, you know, the players got emailed a good long time before the event that these hack checks were going to be taking place. So they were warned about it coming into the tournament. So, you know, so if what, you didn't what, act what actually that, happened? Like, I know they do hack checks in general, but was it, were they looking through people's boxes and yeah. I heard, and looking for hacked yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, so if you had anything in your game that was hacked, or they could detect it was hacked, then, um, yeah. But, you know, um, I don't know the, the exact details on the hack checks, so I don't exactly know what they were, how mm. how far they were going with them. I just but, heard rumours, so I was like, I was curious to yeah, see what was going on. We didn't really get told how, what, how far they were going with the hack checks, but, like... I'm, all I'll say is, this is the people that make the games. So, uh, imagine they would go as far as they can go. And well, apparently, they even got... modifying your Switch in Japan is like, you can get jail time for it, like five years. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so oh. that, I mean, on that basis, like, they can probably go down to the bite level with Pokemon to see if they're hacked, and they'll be able to detect it, you know? So, um, you know... Like, but the players, like I say, the players were warned about it coming into the tournament. They knew this was going to be happening. And I think if that was me, I generally build all my teams from scratch. Like, you know, I do, right? You've seen me up at the early hours of the morning before an event, like, it's grinding cherish shots and stuff. It's not worth the aggro getting DQ'd, especially if you're doing well no. on an event. So. And at Worlds, right? You've worked worlds. so hard all season, right, to get to Worlds. Like, if you haven't built a team all season for the one event, it's not going to hurt. And it yes. doesn't take long to do on, on Skull and Violet. And they just released that new raid event, right, where you can get... You got Blissey, so you didn't... There was no excuse for you not to have a reason to easily get terror shots that you needed. It will literally, with the Blissey event, it takes you, like, 10 minutes to maybe get the amount of terror shots that you need with just battling a couple of Blisseys, right? So... You know, they literally give everything to you on a plate leading up to the event um, to do it legit. So, yeah. Um, I do feel sorry for the players that did it, but in a way, I think you're doing no one, you're, like, you're not doing yourself any favors by just ignoring all of the messages. It's like the people that make the games, you know? So they're going to make sure that, because they don't want any any issues on stream, I would imagine, or the integrity of the tournament being affected by anything being shown on stream that is going to be like suspicious in any sort of way and i think that's why they did it whether they're going to continue doing them like this um into the new season i don't know but my best advice would be just take a little bit of time make your team in game and you'll have no problems at all you know and don't rely on other people unless you 100 percent trust them to give you pokemon yeah, 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 that is the thing. Like, I think yeah. there is a lot of people. It's so easy to get a hack Pokemon now, especially with the bots on Twitch. Like, you could easily, innocently get one without realizing for for a trade or whatever. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's a tough one because then, like, well, what do you keep any Pokemon that you've traded? Like, how do you trust it? You know. Um. So I think of like Wonder Trade and stuff. It makes it really difficult. You know. Yeah. I think what I would probably do is just get like a clean cart that I hadn't done any wonder trades on or had anything received that I traded. You have to buy another cart though. Yeah, 
and that's a problem. I mean, it's that or I lose the original save. And, you know, if you put like countless hours into that, you don't really want to lose it. It's probably better off just having a clean. Someone said like, you could you could um, set up another another account on your Switch and do it that way, but then you'd have to buy Nintendo Switch online again. It might be cheaper. Um, you do it that way. No, no, no. You don't need to. Your Nintendo Switch online would work for a different profile. I would. So couldn't you just? It would, yeah. Couldn't you just create another profile and then do another? Yeah, but you'd have to there? start the game again. You're like, yeah. Oh, so. you still have to start the game again. Yeah, so you'd have to start a new save. It oh. would be a new save on on that profile. Um, but I mean, it's a way around it using the same cart. That's yeah, what I mean. Sure. You wouldn't have so. to buy. You wouldn't have to buy another cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is definitely a way to do it. Um, I, for me though, I would be like, I'm just gonna because I got a spare sure. violet, so I'm yeah, just yeah. like, I've just used that. I think for competitive play next season. Not that I hack anything, but like you say, so easy I to do. Get one. I do streams where you know I'm trading with completely random people, like the cohort of like the main cohort of our community. Like I 100% trust that they're yeah, not sending yeah, yeah. me hack Pokemon, yeah, yeah, but there are random people that jump into the the stream all the time and then. You know, I'll get a random Pokemon. I've had hacked Pokemon, like obviously hacked Pokemon sent to me on stream. You know, those weird ones from those websites with the you've, they've got the name in the in the the Pokemon name and stuff like that. So you know, to say some of the other ones aren't as well. And I would hate to be like, oh, I got caught out at a tournament because I I traded with someone and that's not even my Pokemon, but it, because it was in my boxes, DQ'd from the tournament. You know, who knows how far they're gonna go with it? But in a way. I like to see these hack techs being kind of brought in because I think for the integrity of the tournament, for the integrity of the player base that make their teams, right? It kind of it's nice for them. But I think if they're gonna do it, I they think they need to make it really easier need... to make teams in game. A hundred percent. I think they need to make the, the the there needs to be a wall. Like they need to take down the wall to make it harder. The the, the barrier entry is still too high. I no, they think. need they need to have. We've been talking about it for ages, but they they can't have both. It, it, they are, they have to it, make the hat checks really hard or like really good, which is essentially what they're doing. But in exchange, yeah. they have to make it way more accessible to make. Because the reason people do hack because it doesn't really give you a competitive advantage. It's just because of the amount of time it takes, especially grinding yeah. things like Terra Shards. I know they've done the Bliss event recently, but before that, you had basically, uh, before the first Bliss event, you had like, when we went to Utrecht, bro, I grinded like 10 hours to get the, to get the Terra Shards. Like, mm. you should not have to grind that long just to, like, I get it, all these little intricacies, but like, there's literally no reason for it to be like that. So you know you shouldn't and like for ability patches it's exactly the same you know I 100% agree with you on that I think there's no need to have to grind like that much you know a team shouldn't like I do say a team's easy to put together but you're still spending a good two three hours easy and that's if you've got everything in place already before you start building the team like you've got your level up candies you've got the majority of your terror shots there also, you know, before the DLC came as well, obviously the DLC not out yet, but there's, there's still currently, without the DLC, no way to reset IVs other than like no. the berries. Mm. But like, and, and that's incredible. On top tedious. of that, you got to yeah, and then on top of that, you've got to go out and battle Pokemon. Like battle the Pokemon. TM mechanic the mechanic is so PM. stupid. They kind of made more things for you to do to team build and get the like it's accessible but it's like way more grindy and that's not the way that they yeah i i completely agree i think they need to take away those aspects or make them easier if they are going to have these incredibly difficult hack checks 
going forward because I think it's going to put people off playing. They're going to be like, I haven't got time to do this and practice if I'm going to have to like do this every time. And if they aren't regularly doing like events like the Blissey event, you know, to kind of get more more material very quickly. So yeah, we'll see where it goes, mate. But I'm sure with the DLCs, well, we're going to get an IV resetter. I'm sure there'll be an EV resetter as well, and I'm sure there'll be an easier way to um, to to max out your EVs if you want in certain things, and hopefully get ability patches and other stuff. So. And Terra Shot. Hopefully there's an easier way well, to change your Terra type really, as well. You want a system where you can use the Pokemon you've caught, but then just modify it. Basically, really easy. You just go in, change all the IVs, change change the nature, change the moves. But like, yeah. just do it. You could even set it up, oh, this can only be used for like competitive. Like, So you can't yeah. use it in-game. As soon as you put it in like the Battle Tower, whatever you want to call it, like that's the tournament. That's, that's what's tournament Pokemon now. You can no longer use it in-game. Yeah, they need a way to battle box lock as well. That would be helpful. And there wouldn't be any issues. But really, all they need is like an item called the customized coin, right? And yeah, that's yeah. like that. If you've got a customized coin, you take it to a vendor and you can change anything on that Pokemon to anything it could be with just scrolling up and down menus and it's all changed and there's nothing else you need to do, you know? And it could be in a battle tower sort of facility where you can do it. And customized coin might be a bit of a pain to get, but not too difficult you know mm. yeah like i said it's something that they 100 percent need to do if they're trying to crack yeah. down on the hack pokemon yeah but... so that did delay the tournament a lot on day one so the hack checks were taking like 20 minutes pre-match to do uh because everyone that was going on to stream obviously had to be hack checked so they were that delayed the day by quite a bit um but other than that and then there was a few issues with the spectator mode when they implemented that in top cut of the tournament on day two. Yeah, I, the first um, game they did, it like froze for like 30 seconds before anything happened. Yeah, that was a bit, um, yeah, that was a bit awkward. I'm, ho- I'm hoping, <laughs> were you just riffing? <laughs> I saw well, we were just... like, we didn't know what was going on, man. Yeah, yeah. We were like, what's happening? Because <laughs> we were like, yeah, it's, we were expecting to go into like the, the player overview talk about the players for a little bit talk about the match and then and then the match begin like it would normally do so we ease into it through these stages so we go from us to the stage and it's the games there and we're like what's happening like are we actually in a game or is this like a wrong screen that we're in but it looks like the game's starting but the 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 game's froze the abilities aren't going off but we had to just run with it from there. And then obviously there was like a 23 minute delay between game one and game two because we were trying to figure stuff out. But we didn't really know what was going on. So it was, it was a pretty difficult situation. We managed to get through, I think, pretty well all the situation. But um, yeah, there was a few things like that. But I mean, when you're going to implement a new a new tool like that, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's tested before uh, hoping... you... Uh, I'm hoping a lot of these sort of issues, like I said, it does feel like, especially with the spectator mm. mode, that sort of coming back to the whole Scarlet and Violet being badly optimized mm. for the Switch. I'm hoping, I'm just, it makes me really excited because, like, I know, like, say, I know how well they can optimize games for the Switch. So mm. even with, so with like updated hardware, like, I don't care really if the graphics look good. I just want it to run well. I mean, the game does look dated. I don't disagree with anyone, but like I said, you get. I saw a 
calling it the other day, people have been like, oh, this is a 2022 Pokemon game and it, with PS2 graphics. And then, yeah, okay, it looks shit, but, like, I don't care. It's, they're still breaking records. Like It's definitely better than PS2 graphics, though. Like, that's that's a mad exaggeration. Did, yeah. did that guy ever, that guy was was probably not even born when the PS2 was around, so PS2 graphics were absolute ah, They were so bad. Scarlet and Violet look good for a Switch game. They look good. They, they aren't look gonna amazing. look they're not gonna look like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom ever though. In what world Unless what, they have like, the development? This is time. my question, right? I'm gonna I'm tired today, so I'm gonna just I'm just gonna lay sure. this out, right? And this always annoys me. In what world did anyone, any Pokemon fan, expect these new games to look like anything resembling Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom? With like, the what planet, with the what planet are you living on? What planet are these people living on? They're never gonna look like that. Look at look at the state of BDSP, right? I love BDSP, but I I wasn't I wasn't looking for it to be a great looking game. It wasn't a great looking. I liked it, right? But I mean, like Sword and Shield, obviously looked like Sword and Shield did, right? Like Scarlet and Violet, like what was it like? How many years? Three years after Sword and Shield, on the same engine, it's never gonna look. Same console, like, same engine. It's never going to look like the next gen. Like, you know, I don't know. Dude. We've been I over this. Know. I know we'll just repeat repeat ourselves there. Yeah. There are reasons why Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom look good because they had to look good. They had to be good games for the franchise. Like 10 years in development, though, these games. You know what I mean? There's a massive difference. And the thing is, right, I'm going to say this as well, right? Gen 10, when it comes out on the new Switch, right? It's not gonna look. It's not gonna look like Tears of the Kingdom. It's not. not that. It's not gonna look like Tears of the Kingdom. It's not even gonna be close to it. And you'll still get people complaining about it. But you know what? It doesn't take away from the fact that Scarlet and Violet are Great still game. good games. Yeah. Great games. They don't look terrible. Like they don't look as in depth and as as beautiful as we all want them to be. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love a Pokemon game that looked like Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild. I thought. Pokemon Legends Arceus as a game looks nice. I think that the game design for that is nice. I think they did a good job with that. Probably better looking than what Scarlet and Violet do. But it doesn't really it doesn't really matter too much to me because it's not really the graphically like graphically it doesn't really bother me and I might be in a really small minority here, but it's one of the last things I really like care well i know i don't really care about it to be honest i think people as long just, as the game just is have fun. this expectation that as things get as new things should be better um but they are better it's just they're not it, i think they're unreal expectations yeah like, I, I get it like i said i think it's, it's a mixed ma- match of new things should be better tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild exists so like oh well they can clearly do it um you know and just like people just moaning for the sake of moaning, like mm. realistically, the majority mm. of the player base, I didn't really care that it looked the way that it did. Okay, yeah, it'd be nice if it looked a bit better, but like be I'm not great. sitting Everyone there would crying. Love that, they? But you yeah. know, I'm still playing the game. I, you know, it, it it is it is what it is. It's a handheld console at the end of the day. Like you know, I know this. I know the Stream Deck exists, but again, this is like seven years old now. This console, yeah. seven years old. Seven years old, so stop fucking crying about it. Because <laughs> Scott said so. Because I yeah, said so. I just, yeah. 
I just yeah, that's that's I've always had a gripe with it, but yeah, that's my little tired rant over tonight. Yeah. Gen ten is not gonna look Gen ten will look better than Scarlet and Violet, but it's still not gonna be it's not even gonna be better. Temper your of the expectations wild. because you know, if it is yeah. if it is, it is. If it if it looks oh, amazing this is a win win well in my eyes. I mean people are gonna moan anyway, but you know. If you temper your expectations and it's, you know, it's a bit better but not amazing, you'll be like, okay, it's expected, mm. you know, and then if it's amazing, you know, fucking let's go. But it's not really going to... be gonna... fair, though, I might just be really simple, you know? I might just, just be pleased very easily. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. But I, I, I also think it's because I grew up from the beginning where, you know, I even played red, blue, and yellow, and I thought, man, these sprites look... Cool. Like... You know, like, no, these sprites are terrible. Oh, really? Like, like, yeah, man. Like, what is, like, you know, have you seen some of the Pokemon from behind? It's like, they don't look at anything like they do in the anime. And as a kid, like, watching the anime and these amazing, like, cool Pokemon and then going into red and blue and being like, what is wrong with Machamp? You know, like, that thing looks weird. It's like, what's happened to it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it and Missingo had a baby and that's what the sprite turned out to be. So, you know... Like I'm all for I'm all for concre- constructive criticism, but I just think sometimes it's a little bit over the top, and expectations are way too high. Agreed, Pokemon. Agreed, agreed. I mean, we've covered this many times, so mm. we know what many it is. times. People are still. But Scarlet and Violet look good, I think. Yeah, still. But, but you know, but, yeah. Going back to Worlds quickly, obviously, yes. What yeah. everyone wanted to see, really, two things. One where Worlds is going to be next year. Yes. We'll talk about that in a second. Which I'm not sure how I feel about it at the moment. And two, what are they going to? What are they going to tease? What are they teasing for the DLC? Yes, that drop was very exciting. I love that it was the 19th terrestrialization type, which yes. is being coined. So not what, the 19th what, type. What is your theory about how this works? Because in my head, this is my theory, but then it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. My theory. I was like, oh, maybe it just hits any Pokemon for super effective. But then I was mm. like, that would be stupid. Mm. So I don't think it is. So, so what do you, how do you think it works? I think it is. It's a new crown, and I think it's uh, the signature crown of uh, Terrapagos. Uh, this is how I see it working. It, I could be completely off the mark. But I'm with you, mate. I think it's a, it's a new terrestrialization type that every Pokemon will have access to through some means or way. Maybe it is just going to be tied to the Mightiest Mark. I don't know, but that's probably more tied to the masks, right? This new terrestrialization, 19th terrestrialization type, I think it's going to give you stab on every single... It's going to give you the stab typing. Would, Your Pokemon stab is... would make sense. It's going to give you the typing of every Pokemon, right? So it's going to give you stab on all of the... Every single move, right? So it's the same type of attack bonus on every single move that you use, right? So you'll get the same type of attack bonus on everything. Uh, on on If you've got the base types... Oh, you know, it, those, would, it would make it's gonna sense. Give you, it would yeah, make it's gonna sense give you, because you're still going to be weak to every type then. Exactly. So it works both ways. There's a drawback to it, yeah. yeah. So you're going to get double stab on your same types that you were from your base form before you terrestrialized, and and the regular stab on everything else. And on top of that, you're going to gain the weaknesses of every single type, and that's the drawback of it. Yeah. So everything that hits, you're so going to have... It will be an offensive terror type, not a defensive one. 
Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. I think that's how it's going to work. I think to give you the trade back that it's not going to be uh, sort of yeah, a part and yeah. balance it. it would be OP otherwise. Yeah, I think that's how it'll work. I don't think it'll be... The only other way you could kind of see it maybe working is you get to choose any type you turn into every single turn, and then you're locked into that typing for turn, but I feel like that's a bit too broken. Take too long. Just, and there's a yeah it's too so convoluted I think, I think yeah I think because it's one it's an it's kind of an encompassed type 19th they've kind of coined it the 19th terrestrialization I think it's going to be every single type which gives a big hint to what Terrapagos is going to be I think that will just be its type I think it will be a new 19th type Terrapagos will have every it type. in its terrestrialized form and that'll It'll not need to, you know, when it terrestrializes from the turtle into that, it'll not have an option to terrestrialize into just a single type. It will only be able to uh, terrestrialize into that that multi nineteenth type. Yeah, I think you're. Which would be, F say, which that would makes be a lot of sense. So, yeah, so I think that's how I see it working. But like I say, it could be wrong. It'd be great to hear our viewers uh, or listeners thoughts if you want to leave a comment down below let us know i'd love to hear what you think about this new mechanic that's going to be coming i don't think it's coming until the second dlc though so no i don't think so either. until uh, the indigo disc so we've got a little wait before that comes in um obviously that and then the hyper moment of uh, all the starter pokemon being revealed as they'll be uh, catchable in this game that's the first time they're going to be catchable since x and y you know really Mm. like all of them in the game so you're going to be able to catch all of them this is going to be the indigo in the disc terrarium. as well which uh, is really cool i love this i love i do love that you're going to be able to get any and every starter pokemon or first partner pokemon like pokemon like to call them uh you're going to be able to get them in the terrarium which is very very cool so you can get them in every single special pokeball you're going to be able to shiny hunt them it's a shiny hunting them if you if there's a cool way if you can shiny hunt or new way in, the to, like, in the terrarium that'd be so sick i feel like it's something they might implement a new shiny hunting mechanic or a that'd way to really shiny cool. hunt in the terrarium yeah i just feel like they're gonna do it aren't they um and if there's a good way for us to get easier access to like the special pokeballs like beast ball and your apricorn balls and stuff like that it's gonna make it hell a lot of fun to to go into this place and just hunt for all these pokemon it's very cool mm. We have a little. Cool. We have uh, there's a few different. There's a few other things that they did announce. We have the special moves that they announced as well. Which yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how excited excited I am about them. I'm sure I think upper hand. Interesting. Yeah. Use cases. So upper hand will be the move that will go before priority, before priority attack. So, um, so and it will I think stop it's fake out. I'd be able to go before it, but I don't think it's always guaranteed to flinch. I think uh... it's going to have a chance to flinch. So what that chance will be, I don't know, but it's kind of... They can't give it a 100% flinch chance, you know, unless they had a... Unless... Cause it, oh, wait, no, because it only works on priority moves, right? No, I don't think it does. I think it can work any time. I don't think a priority move needs to be locked in for it to work. But it will unless move it, before a priority move. But it will always move before a priority move, and it'll have a chance to flinch. As far that's as far as I know, my understanding on it. Um, but like the details aren't like super clear on how it works. But that would be how I kind of see it working. Uh, the uh, which one's this one? The new psychic uh, noise. Yeah, which is 
I think the only thing I was speaking to Ray about this, Ray Rizal, and we were like contemplating how where it would become useful. And I did say to him, I was like, I wonder if it stops regenerator on Amoongus. Because if you can use it on like Amoongus, then you know, even if it terrestrializes, but you can stop that regenerator. It does damage ability. as well to Amoongus, psychic time move. Yeah, but I'm like I'm saying, even if they terrestrialize and you're not hitting it super effective. Yeah. Like just being able to stop that regenerator is so huge and like uh he was like he, he came back off that and he's saying yeah well and if that had been a case in the final you know um Shohei wouldn't have been able to utilize that amoongus as well because you wouldn't have had the the hp return because yeah yeah because after that, that first was turn so... he just switched out right just got hp yeah back. yeah and that was so imperative to him closing out that game you know so if it works like that on on abilities as well, that's a, that's a huge plus. Um, I really mm. think it could be, could be a really really unique move. So there's that one I think is pretty decent. Um, we'll yet to see how the mechanics of it actually are implemented. And then you've got uh, there is another one, isn't there? There's the um, it's not on here though. The uh, Raging Vault, the new. Raikou Paradox Pokemon, it's new move as well, it's a signature attack, it's an electric priority attack, which is very, very cool. Um, I don't yeah, know I wonder why it's not, it's on, not on there, really that's really weird. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it as well, but that's going to be really good. Um, and I think just alone makes that Raging Bolt a really interesting Pokemon. I think it's going to be good anyway, but Electric and Dragon type was confirmed at Worlds for that one as well. And then we had the... Cobalion um, one as well, which was, uh, it had its signature move, which I think all depends. That, that double hitting steel type move, it, uh, it really, watch, really watch the trailer? depends on the base plan. Um, yeah, we can have a, a little it, watch. It yeah. does show it in there, I think. Yeah, so it depends on the base power of that steel type attack, though, I think, you know. This is very hype, though. This is very cool to be in the audience watching this. The Weird that they started off disc. with Indigo Disc. Yeah. Like, this is so cute, this little... I know, right? Chick, it's man. great. The Froggy, Tepig, everyone's happy. Everyone's Every starter happy. is back. First partner Pokemon appearing in spades. Yes, it's very love, cool. Chimchar. Love my Chimchar. I'm going to go straight for a Chimchar. Infernape, mate, is going to be absolutely nuts with terrestrialization. Saying that as well, I think Venusaur is going to be absolutely bust with terrestrialization, man. Venusaur is just one of those Pokemon. And Smeagol's back. I don't know. I haven't heard many people talk about this. Smeagol being back is pretty big as well. Yeah. I think for competitive, at least, you know. Here we go. These are the moves. Pokemon battles burn even brighter. Yeah, there we've got this uh, new... What's the Psychic type attack called? This one. Psychic Noise. Oh, psychic Noise, yeah. Damage and prevents... Uh, Target from healing. From healing, so yeah. And then this is the upper hand. Priority move, yeah. Bish bash bosh. So that can be quite interesting. Yeah, here we go. Oh man, it looks so good. Raging it balls. does look cool in-game. Yeah, I love it. Drugs it's massive as well, isn't Thunderclap. it? Yeah, great name as well. Absolutely clapping that iron bundle. And then, yeah, this is it. We've got Iron, iron Crown. Steel Psychic is a crazy good type in as well. Mm. I just don't really 
tachyon cutter. Is that how we're saying it? Yeah. Yeah, Guaranteed I don't know how. In a row. Depends on the base power, yeah. doesn't it, really? Yeah. I think it needs to be like 70. That's literally what I was thinking. If it's thinking. 70, it's going to be really good. But if it's like hmm, lower, this is kind of interesting as well. This is where they shot, isn't it? <clears throat> Terrestrialization. Yeah. Every single type. And then this, yeah. Every type. And you can see, I think, in the background as well, it's got all of the kind of, like, smaller Terra Crystals. And you can see here the crown's made up of every type, right? So it makes sense that that, that is the mechanic, I think. I don't I really know how else they would do it to have it balanced. So glad we have a release date, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only other thing I could say about the, um, the terrestrialization type is as well, you know, if it's every type... And they do it rather than just going off weaknesses, right? They go off strengths and weaknesses. It would have no weakness at all. So every move would hit it neutrally, right? Uh-huh. Because it would always have a resist. Because you're going to have every single type, right? Oh, so it would be neutral. So it could be neutral to everything as well, which would make it even stronger and stab off everything. No, I'd rather it be weak to everything. I think that would make a lot of sense. But yeah, it might be too see. difficult. To, it would, might not get used, though. That's the thing. And you have to think, like, Pokemon are introducing this new mechanic. They want it to be used, right? I think there might be just drawbacks to it where... I don't know. I don't know what drawbacks there would be to having to use it. Like, they might limit its use for a set amount of turns. You know, terrestrializations for the entire battle. Mm -hmm. If you use this... And let's say it has got no weaknesses. It's neutral to everything, and it's got stab on everything and double stab on your base types. Then they might limit it to, like, five turns, and then you go back to normal, you know? But it might be, like, five turns you're active on the field, so you can switch it out and then bring it back in, and then you're still on your five-turn counter. So that might be something that we see... Um, how it works as well, but who knows? Mm. We'll have to wait yes. and see, like I said. I'm sure we'll get many teases uh, in the upcoming um, weeks, yeah. particularly um, this example here. I don't know, you probably heard of this, about these influencers getting um, these care packages with a date on them, um, teasing something for with the DLC, the 22nd, what date is it? 22nd of August. Oh really? Um, inside it, it had the um, what's the teapot Pokemon? It had it had tea stuff in it, so people were thinking a, a regional oh. form of the tea Pokemon. Oh wow! So the twenty second of August. Yeah. Um, That's cool. I did. I've never seen that at all. Uh, where is Austin John has? Uh, well. Sinisty, isn't it? And uh, Poltergeist. I think he had it. Oh, as Austin well. John. Austin got one, did he? Of course he did. Yeah, look. So it was all like, it was all tea stuff. So uh -huh. People were speculating, like I said. Or it's just, oh, we're going to just troll people, basically, you know. Yeah, but, that's interesting. But yeah, so we got Worlds in Hawaii next year, which... Yeah, well, I'll tell you predicted. one thing before we get into Go the on. Hawaii thing, right? So... Guess who I was sitting along from watching the whole closing ceremony? Who me and Lou were sitting next to? Uh, Philly Beats? No. 
that would have been that would have been cool. But no, a bit more high profile. Bit more high profile. Randolph. A bit more high profile, dude. One, like one of the. Oh, Leonhardt. No, I'm just gonna tell you because we're gonna go around in circles. It's not what? a content creator. One of the um, it, game devs. It is. It is the one of the creators, Masuda, dude. Masuda. Oh sh- yeah. shit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Who's just in the crowd? Just chilling. No, we were in a VIP area. Oh, of course you were. Of course you were. We, I don't know. Well, it's weird how it worked out. We finished casting the juniors, and we were backstage kind of supporting, um, the, you know, the Rose and Aaron yeah, going yeah. on, and then and, and Adam and um, Scott went up to do the finals, and we were like, let's go out into the audience, see if we can get a seat, watch the finals out front, and also then we'll have a seat for the closing ceremony as well, in the award ceremony and stuff, so... We went out and there was nowhere, nowhere to sit, like on the main floor. We were like, oh, we're not going to get a seat anywhere. But there's this cornered off area like this, like they had these barriers up. And loads of free seats in there. And we were like, I wonder if we can sit in there. Don't know. And I was like, oh, Masuda's sitting in there. And uh, is it, um, there, was a, there was some others, I don't know the name, but they're definitely like the game, de- the original game devs and stuff like that. Big higher-ups. I was like, oh, I don't think so. It looks like just for them and their families. And I was like, but the spare seats. <laughs> so I was like, Lou, let's ask if we can sit in there. Which is basically my code for Lou, ask if we can sit in there. So Lou goes up to one of the um, the security there. And she's like, can we sit in there? Because we have like all access, access all area passes. And this guy's like, speak to this man over there and see what they say, right? So Lou goes up to this huge guy, right? Like, proper, like, obviously a professional security guard. And um, she asks him, and he's like, yeah, that's fine. Just take a seat in the front there, right? And we were like, bargain. This is amazing. So we sit down. I hadn't seen Masuda before this point. I'd only seen the, uh, the other, up, like, the other game devs that I kind of recognize their faces, don't know who their names were. I think Amori was sitting in in there, though, as well, but further back from where we were sitting. Didn't know Masuda was sitting there anyway. We get in, we sit down, we watch the final, and then there's like 20 minutes before the the closing ceremony starts. And all of a sudden, Masuda just starts walking in front of us, and we're like, oh, my God, that's Masuda. We're like, he's just come out (laughs) of here. shit. And this big bodyguard that we asked where we could sit, if we could sit in this area, was following him out. And we were like, that that must be his, like, personal bodyguard. He's like, no way, right? And then Liv was like, I really don't think we were meant to be in this area where we're sitting. Because <laughs> this front seating area was also, like, um, roped off from everything behind us. So this f- first row was literally, I think, for, like, the VIPs, right? <laughs> and we somehow probably weren't meant to sit there, but that's where we went and sat. And then, uh, like, two minutes later, Masuda came back and he sat, like, like literally three chairs down from us. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, I really wanted to fall with him, but when we let get up, got went to leave, because we had to go backstage and do a lot of stuff um, before we could leave after the show, um... He was kind of, he was still filming. He was with his wife, or I expected he was his wife. 
and I just felt like you don't want bothered. You're you're having a good time. You don't want me to ask you for a photo. As much as I would have loved to have met him, and I was like so close. Yeah, and of course when he did his meet and greet earlier on, we were we were on production, so Very I never cool. had a chance to do any of that. So it was uh, it's a little bit sad, but at least I, I sat in the same row as him. I can say that. So that was pretty cool, you mate. You could smell him. Could smell him, yeah. It's, um, but no, that was pretty cool. That was a that was a real highlight of uh, even though it was like you know it wasn't anything. It was it was still very cool. Um, and uh, I did look Maury in the eyes. I did I did catch eye contact with him. So that was uh, he's probably like never invite that jerk back. He looked at me. He looked at me funny. <laughs> Yeah, and because um, I took a picture of me and Lou before we realized when we sat yeah, down. Yeah, I saw the picture, started. and I looked back at it because I was like, I wonder if we got anyone in the like by mistake in the photo, but there was no one there. That would have um, been so good. Can you imagine if you photobombed it in the background? I know, right? That, that would have been, been so amazing. Cool. So that, that was really cool. Um, so still a great story. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, but getting back to Hawaii, yeah, mate. Next year's uh, location. Yeah, I mean. We didn't. Pre- we both thought that it would never go back there because they don't have the, the space. But you know, it was a bit of a weird one because you saw the messages that I sent you after you got announced. I was actually really hyped. Probably more. You were very, very excited, mate. Probably more than <laughs> uh, I think. Because I wasn't expecting it. Because I was like, no way, they're actually doing it. Yeah, you were very excited. It's, it's like it's a cool place, but I just I don't know. Mm. Like I've been reading a lot about the wildfires at the moment. Because yeah. obviously the the whole island is like being ruined, and but and, and then I'm also getting things come up about how like tourism just is really bad for Hawaii. Like it doesn't benefit them in any way. If mm. if not, it makes it worse for the for the locals because they have like limited like resources, so like water and stuff like that. They just they don't have enough of it. Um and you know and apparently like houses are burning down. And these American real estate guys are coming in and trying to buy people's fucking land, oh. and like it's just like all a mess. And I just, I'm just, I keep seeing more and more of it because obviously the wildfires weren't really they were sort of touched upon, but I'm mm. sort of seeing more and more people sort of talk about like how how bad it is, and obviously like the indigenous people talking about it. So now I'm kind of like, bad, obviously from a, I would love to go to Hawaii. You know, and you know whether or not I get the opportunity to go. You know, but I'm now I'm just like I don't really want to be disrespectful by going over there, or you know, I mean I'm sure the Pokemon Company. I know they donated they donated 200k, which some people were fucking moaning about, saying it wasn't enough money. But you know, they did something, and I'm sure obviously if they're holding Worlds there, they're gonna invest in the in the island. But I just hope that they do. You know, stuff they invest it in a good way, not just like oh yeah. we're just gonna build this this thing and just you know knock down houses or whatever but i think as a starting point you've got it like it's the the donation it might not seem a lot but it's a better than nothing at this point and no no one else and this is a thing like no one else knows what pokemon do and i think you know ishihara said himself like pokemon has a special relationship with hawaii so on the on the grounds of that you're assuming that there's probably going to be a lot more done yeah to kind of help out the situation and make it better and you got to say, like, the one thing that I would always say about, like, Japan, like, you know, I think Japanese people are so respectful, so, like, mindful of, like, 
um other people in other situations yeah so you've got to hope in that in that light of things that you know things will be done and you know if like you say as well you know it'd be like i would like to do something myself to kind of if there's anything i can do for my end if there's stuff i can do to donate to help situations out there i'm i would like to do that so you know people need to stop getting on the case of pokemon find out a bit more information and maybe get off the, up off their asses and you know help the cause out if it's such a big problem there's loads of issues in the world if, i do agree with you mate. Nice it is a bit maybe like... if we get the opportunity to go whether we before like maybe on your channel or on the podcast we could do some kind of fundraiser for charity or something out there it would be quite nice that would be re that would be really cool yeah like a stream yeah. like a joint this channel and my channel and do something like that would be cool to do yeah um but yeah, no, I, I totally and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that whole thing. It's so sad to see, like, you know, that side of it. And yeah, the tourist side, I didn't know anything about that before, like, this got announced. And like you, I was, like, reading about it uh, before I got on the plane. I was like, man, it's really eye-opening that that is, like, the situation. I never thought it was Normally, tourism like that. helps, uh, helps a lot. Yeah, you know, it, like, grows, the economy, like, but... the, the economy where people go a lot of but yeah i, think I it's guess because it makes sense they have limited resources and they don't have a lot of space and so yeah. you know the limited space that they have is now is now being taken up or like the mm. farmland apparently a lot of farmland they used to have is now being had been bought you know um and there are now like hotels and stuff on them and like this guy was even saying um like during like the peak season of like tourism like locals are being told to preserve water so that the hotels can have enough Jesus, you know and you're like what is what? like who's allowed who's running hawaii man this is this should not be allowed like no. these fucking american i'm not trying to be i'm not trying to get depressing or like you know get into politics or whatever but you know it's just i just i didn't realize how bad it was like you said mm. until Hawaii got announced and I've just been seeing more and more of it because obviously the wildfires like the rest of the world are you know quite quite bad um and yeah so I don't want to hop on it for too man. long but like I said maybe we can do something if we get the opportunity to go out there which would be quite nice so I think if we do go out there I think like it we have to do something I think if we're going like we have to I think we should do it regardless anyway but yeah. I think there's more emphasis if we are going it would it would be a bit more respectful to do something before that um mm. so yeah that would be that would be super nice to do um yeah let's do that and uh, obviously thoughts and prayers and all that with all the Hawaiian people cuz at the minute it seems like it's uh uh, a really horrible situation and it's not just hawaii as well that's suffering from those things you got like places greece. in greece and other way around the world that are all you know having those issues and we had california you know a few years ago now with all the wildfires over there um so it just seems to be getting more frequent as uh you know things go forward with time but um hopefully we have a nice cool summer next year that'll be nice for everywhere yeah yeah. That'd be cool, man. It was so hot in Japan, dude. Yeah, I've never mean, felt heat. A lot never of Asian countries like are like that. China's the same. Thailand's the same. Like it's a different type of heat. Oh, it is, mate. You know, I went to uh, Chichen Itza and um, Mexico a few years ago, and that was like one of the hottest places I've been. That was like in the forties, right? And that was like obviously jungle temperature, so it's like pretty humid, right? 
It's not even like I would take that every day of the week. Oh. And that was like literally like I would get off the bus. They give us these like chilled bottles of ice and like ice water so that the water in it was like frozen. All right. And I'm not even joking. Like 15 minutes later, that water was like water warm. It was like not it wasn't it wasn't great. But like Japan, man, it was so humid and so hot. That is, the only, that, that is the only thing about them um, yeah. doing worlds in the summer in like August is that some of these places where they go, obviously yeah. in the UK we have crap weather all the time so it wasn't really it wasn't really <laughs> that much of a problem but you know you go to somewhere where, the, where they actually do get summers you know mm. yeah. it's a lot warmer but yeah, we had um, at least go on but yeah hawaii getting back to hawaii as much as the um there is all of the you know the issues there at the minute and all of the the political issues around going there tourism and things like that i do think it's a very exciting venue no it would be a very a very 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 cool world out there i think um it'd be like know. i said it'd be nice i'm sure they will but if pokemon could find a way to make it a positive experience and I think it will be. Yeah, I think I'm sure it will be. be good. So hopefully it all works out. And yeah, it's. Um, I think let's let's leave it on a positive because I do think it's a very cool location to yeah, be going. Yeah, of course. And uh, I think yeah, it'll be exciting to to see the World Championships there next year. And hopefully, like I say, we can both make it out there, mate. It'll be an absolute That'd dream. Be a dream, mate. Just one more thing. I just moving on that I want to touch on before we end today's podcast. It's been a good one. Time's yeah. flown by because we're almost at the hour mark yeah. now. I feel like I've eaten it all up with like a lot of just world stuff. But yeah. uh, it's been, I have enjoyed it. I hope everyone else listening this week has enjoyed it. And of course, it gives us room next week to talk about all the other things that we didn't mention from the DLC uh, drops from the, the Pokemon Presents because we haven't really had a chance to talk about that either. So, Oh, no, we did. We did. We talked about it. This is my sleepy, sleepiness. We talked about we did it. did it on Wednesday morning, remember? Sorry. We yes, lucky. we did. I remember. I don't know how I managed to uh, to do that. But That's all yeah, right. we did it, mate. Yeah, sorry. No, just like I said, just one more thing, which I'm interested briefly before the <clears> broadcast. <throat> um, there's been <clears throat> rumours um, in oh, the last yeah, couple of days yeah sneaking around saying that um they may be slowing down game releases or they've at least consi- talked about it um within the Pokemon company um it's there's this uh, there are loads of posts about it one on Nintendo is also a few on the Pokemon subreddit as well um this one here from this gentleman um the real pet gaming um I don't know where this was from but apparently comicbook.com had the opportunity to participate in a group interview with Takotu Utsunomiya I'm sorry if I butchered that the chief operating officer at the Pokemon company while the interview was limited to to overall questions uh, about the brand as opposed to specifics about the game or anime comicbook.com did ask whether there was a specific schedule that the Pokemon brand was beholden to when it came to the release of new Pokemon games this was the quote. I think in general, if you look at the past, the path we've taken up until now has been this constant release, always regularly releasing products on a fairly fixed kind of kind of a cadence, you might say. Utsunomiya responded via translator. Always having these products able to be introduced and new experiences for our customers. And that's how we've operated up until now. I think 
we're still operating in that way, but there's more and more conversations as the development environments change about how we can continue to do this while making sure that we're ensuring really quality products are also being introduced. So as a lot of people were saying in the comments and a few of these that I read, basically people were saying, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean anything, but also, you know, if no. if they're having the discussions internally, it means that, you know, like something might happen basically because it means that they're aware of the fact that, you know, I, I guess the release of Scarlet and Violet was probably a bit of an eye-opener, maybe, one could say about, you know, maybe they should reconsider the release schedule. I reckon nothing's going to happen until at least after Gen 10 at this point. Um, I don't think the schedule will change, um, but... Yeah, I think more because of it's the 30th anniversary coming up, so I think that probably dictates a lot, but yeah. I mean, like you say, though, the conversation's being had. I think that's such a positive thing to start, you know. It... it taking a step forward in that direction because it's what everyone i don't think anyone really would mind ever it taking a year longer or two years longer if it meant that it was just a better quality product you know it's not like pokemon's going to suffer for it either i think they just need to find other ways to, to... keep interest yeah and i think they could do it with just additional dlcs because how long did dlc development take i i had like legit have no idea but i'm thinking it probably doesn't take that much longer once you have the base game i reckon like that's i mean i'm not a game developer so i don't know maybe it takes forever but like you say say you release a game so it takes let's say they move to a four a four year release cycle for main series games just add that additional year um you know so then you have they could still do spin-off games in between, which I don't think would be a problem. I still think people would buy them. Or at least if they did, like, a bit like the World Cup and the Euros, you know, they, they staggered it. So you had Ooh. you had your main series game every four years, and then every four years in between, you get a remake. So every two years, you get a new series game, right? So each game would still get a development of four years, but every 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 two years you get a game and then in between those two years you'd always have the first year where you have the development where sorry where you have the game sorry like we've just had this year and then the following year you drop the dlc before the new games comes out whether it is the main series or just whatever side game they're testing out with and then you do the same thing you have the first year where people mess around with the game you do events like they have done with the terror raids and then the year after that you do drop the dlcs and then you know then the new game drops and then you know that, that i feel that that could be a lot more useful for them it, a, a release yeah. cycle way maybe five years i don't know how they would do it with five years well they would you know they would have to start the idea of a pokemon game you know if it was having like three or four or five dlcs you know they would have to start the games would have to be a lot it would have to be a much bigger project rather than just like you know, because, like we've said, the reason why they've been able to do such uh, short development cycles for so long is because the games only really have, like, you know, like a max... Well, I mean, it, obviously, there are certain things you can do post-game and stuff, but, you know, like, you can... Compl- <coughs> what the hell? You can complete the games in... um Just, like, air just went up my nose, and I just, like, stopped breathing for a second, and I was like, what is going on? 
your face there. Um, but yeah, no. So it obviously, like I said, you can complete the main, like the main storyline in like twenty, thirty hours if you're if you're doing it quickly. And you know, yeah, you could probably pump fifty hours into it. But if you're looking at if they want to start releasing, like I say, you compare it to Tears of the Kingdom, you compare it to Breath of the Wild. These games, I know they have a long, an even longer release cycle, but you know, there is again you have the main series game but there's loads oh he's still laughing there's loads sorry, of like <laughs> there's loads of like side quests and, serious, and stuff yeah. you can do um whereas i feel like they would need to add a lot more of that stuff in for um for... i feel like when we're at, you know when you're at school and like a teacher's like telling you off and you're finding it really funny but you're trying not to laugh and because you know you shouldn't be laughing it's making you laugh more I'm in that life cycle, but just explaining that's got me out of it. So yeah, sorry, sorry, totally, totally ruined the moment. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. So, like I said, we'll have to wait and see. I don't think anything will happen until after Gen 10 at this point. Yeah, you're like probably you said, right. Yeah. No, I think it could work out like that as well. Yeah. So, I'm all for it, mate. I think it's good that they're having the conversation, and yeah, they might even have like you could ha- even have you could even plan to have three DLCs per new gen, right? And just space them out one year at a time, and then that fourth year you do like uh, a remake of whatever, and you do have. I think you just need to incorporate like new teams within departments, don't you? That deal with like specific things, like you have one that deals with. They just make the they make enough money, right? Like that's that's yeah. not an issue, and. So, you know, like I said, they'll just have to invest in, like I say, more. I'm sure they can find ways of recouping the money they invest because you can't get hold of Pokemon cards in Japan at the moment. And I saw not. That's what I mean. And I'm sure when the 151 set comes out in September, you won't be able to get hold of that for a long time as well. So I have no doubt that they will print enough of it, but you won't be able to get it straight away. 100%. 100%. I heard today about the, um, you know, that, yeah, uh, is it the classic collection? Yeah. It's coming out the 400 or something, isn't it? $400. People are going to buy it, bro. People are going to eat that shit up. They are. Like it's going to be dessert. very difficult to get as well. Yeah. So, again, increasing right, the mate. price, it makes it rare and then they become sought after, you know? It just. <sighs> It's a gold mine for collectibles, Pokemon. Anything like that. Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! But I think Pokemon has such a strong IP, you know? Like I said, the games exist to sell everything else, which is why they don't need to necessarily be a slam dunk, because they make the money everywhere else. So, you know, at this point, you know, like the Pokemon company, it is what it what what it is, you know? We all love the franchise, and obviously people get frustrated because they want it to see it get better, but it is getting better, but just not necessarily in the way that... You might think it is. Um, mm. Just so. a slower, slower development. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it is getting there. It is getting there, and it will, will keep going. So, yeah, it's um, exciting, regardless of what what what's all going on. But um, DLC is going to be out in like literally a month's time. It's Next one very exciting. Tail mask, four weeks time, pretty much to today. Yeah, well, not to today, but you know, as of this going out live um yeah it's gonna be cool it's gonna be very cool i'm just gonna say if we're wrapping up there yeah sorry for my rants earlier i'm kind of sorry not sorry but yeah it doesn't take my rants too seriously i'm just a little bit tired today but a little bit uh, cranky boy 
cranky, cranky, yes, but I am very tired. Um, I had a full 24 hours of travel yesterday, so I'll put that, make, make of that what you will, and I've only had one sleep since then, so, yeah. And that 24 hours was off the back of an all-nighter as well, so I didn't sleep the night before traveling, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you made it this far, guys... Um, we love you. We love you. Um, please, I love you. Please drop a subscribe to the channel because we do do this every week. Um, follow Lee as well if you're not already subscribed to Lee on his channel because he does some awesome guides. There's very little ranting done on my there channel. There is no I ranting. Leave it, I, leave it all for, I leave it all for this, John. He saves <laughs> it all for the podcast. Yeah, if this is your first time listening to the pod as well, I don't generally do rants, do I, Scott? It's no, no. He's, he's just tired. He's a sleepy boy, so... I'm just yeah, just in just a bad spot at the minute. Just jet lag beyond belief. Um, I do want to talk about. I know we're not going to talk about it this week, but I do want to talk about my experience in Japan a little bit more. Um, because yeah. it was it was very cool, and I'm, I didn't really touch on my thoughts on a lot of the Japanese cultural things. Very, <laughs> Some of the Japanese cool. cultural things. Yeah. Well, the first one I sent you was funny. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I got lots of like little mini Sweets. treat things, which mm. is very cool. So um, this one's actually like completely melted. So I might have to put it in the fridge. But they're very cool. Everything was amazing. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just a great experience. Would love to go back. Yeah, maybe. probably spring, autumn time. I think. Yeah, but I went in January and it was still really nice. So yeah, when it's not so sweaty. Yes. Excellent. It's like a new level of sweat. Mate, we're going to have so many holidays planned for next year. The podcast. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Well, thank you so much, guys, for watching the podcast. Like I say, um, we really do appreciate it. Um, you know, we've been, we really do enjoy this podcast. Um, we're trying to help it grow, so share it with your family, share it with your friends, share it with anyone who likes Pokemon. Cause share it with Granny. Share granny, it with granny, Granny, you know. <laughs> Um, get your granny, yeah. get your granny on Pokeballs podcast. Yeah, we will. Um, we'll see you guys next week, and um, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yes, thank you so much, friends. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you all next week. Drop a comment down below if you'd like to see us cover anything in particular next week. But until then, take care of yourselves, and bye bye. Goodbye. Wake up.